Hello guys, welcome back to Topics with Tim. I'm your host, my name is Tim, of course, the podcast is named Talks with Tim, so that is an obvious one. So today, I'm going to talk about something which I love to talk about. I don't really get to talk about it as much as I'd like to, but if you are interested in this topic as well, then you are probably listening right now, which is great, and I'm excited to share with you my knowledge of nutrition. And I'm going to be giving you my top five nutritional tips that you, if you want to improve your nutrition, should implement. I don't like to say should a lot because I don't, I feel like guilt as a motivator does not work. So if you want to improve your nutrition, these are things that you could do to improve that if that's what you want. But I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to should you here. No guilt involved here. This is, this is purely educational and this is this is learning. Before I go into this, though, I do want to say that I guess this will this maybe this will be the the first tip that I, I won't include in my top five because I just thought of it just now and I wasn't going to include it before. But you got to get you got to educate yourself. That's what I noticed. I was actually having a conversation with someone the other day, and we were talking about how someone how like would it be possible for someone to contain, to have all the like the nutritional knowledge and education that you could have and still be really, really obese. And I thought, I don't know if that's even possible. Like it would blow my mind if somebody was really, really overweight, but they were like nutritionally like new every, I, I would be stunned because there is sort of an element of when you know something and you're no longer ignorant to it, you almost can't help but act on it. It's almost impossible not to act on it, right? You don't see any personal trainers, any nutritionists that are obese because they, once you know something, it's, you can't unknow it, you, you, you know, unless you have a brain injury or something, right? If you know that this thing is really harmful to you, you you're probably not going to have it as much because you, you now know that thing is harmful. It's, it's not this ignorant thing where you didn't think it, you thought it was totally fine. So the key to improving nutrition is honestly educating yourself. Because once you know, it'll be really hard to still do those things as much, right? Like you still, it's still, you know, we all struggle with sweets and different things. We know those things aren't good for us, but we're still going to eat them anyway. But once you know so much, which is why on a previous podcast, I talked about the app called Noom, which is essentially an app where it really educates you. You you spend about five to 10 minutes a day reading these little blurbs and articles that are in a really fun way that essentially teach you nutrition. They educate you to the point where you now have the knowledge to improve your nutrition as well as you know what not to do. You're no longer ignorant and therefore it's just so much, it's hard to actually stay overweight when you are super highly educated on nutrition. So I would recommend, I guess my number one tip or before I go into the top five is education, education, education. If it means watching a a nutritional video on YouTube for 10 minutes once a day, do that. If, if it means read one nutritional article a day, do that. Like education is going to really be the catalyst for your actions because now you know how to do it. You know how to do it in a way that's actually enjoyable and you know what not to do and you know the mistakes you were making and it just becomes impossible not to you know, choose better more often, right? 
So education, 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 education. Like I said, you don't see anybody incredibly super knowledgeable about nutrition and who's overweight. I, I would be shocked if, if you met someone like that. Shocked. All right, so my first first tip, I know that education, that's like an overview of the whole thing, but my first actual tip tip is called, and I actually wrote a blog on this about a year ago, is, is convenience. Reducing convenience. Okay, because the more something is convenient, the, the easier and more likely you will be to do it. It's, it's, it's proven. They, I remember reading a study one time on nurses in a hospital, or I think it, was, it might have been doctors, doctors in a hospital, and they just did this test on, they took a Jolly Rancher and they put it on the desk of the doctor, right? They put one on the, the desk that he's working on and they put one on a desk in a corner. And so they, some for some of the doctors, they put that Jolly Rancher right on their desk. For others, they put it in the corner. Just a 20-foot reduction in convenience led to significantly less Jolly Rancher consumption. 20 feet away, less convenient, way less consumed. That was mind-blowing to me on how just convenience is is so easy, right? So the more convenient, so for example, let's say that I make a batch of cookies, right? And I could make those a little bit more inconvenient to consume or convenient now, if I want to make them really convenient, I just leave them out on the counter. Just leave them there all day long because you're going to probably pass them a few times as you go to get water or go to eat different meals throughout the day. And you're going to see them and it's going to be right there on the table and it's going to be in your mind. Like, oh, there's that cookie there. I really want it. And you're probably going to consume a lot of cookies because it's there. It's in your face. It's screaming at you, right? Now, I could make that a little bit less convenient. I could make my batch of cookies. I could, you know, put them in a Ziploc bag, put them in the freezer, put them in the fridge, kind of hide them somewhere so they're not in super plain view. And then as I go throughout my day, I come in to get water, I come in to get snacks. It's not going to be on my mind all the time. It's not going to be as convenient to me because it's not just out there on the table. I'll probably consume way less because I'm not even, it's not even in my mind, right? I'm, I'm going to the kitchen, I get some water, maybe I'm thinking about work or something, boom, and I leave, right? I never even thought about the cookies because they weren't just out there in my face screaming at me, hey, eat me. Right? I made them a little bit less convenient. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to eat those cookies. Maybe in the night I remember, oh, yeah, I've got those cookies in the fridge um, that I want to have. And so then you go and you know, have, you know, pick out the cookies that you want. But again, reducing convenience to, to foods that you know that are not meant to be consumed often. Right? So that means when you make that sweet, don't leave it out on the counter. That's a big mistake because you will see it all day long. Your willpower will break after seeing it 20 times throughout the day and you will consume and you probably will consume more than you want to. And that is a problem. So take that sweet, put it in the freezer, put it in the fridge, hide it away a little bit just so, you know, like I said, it's not like you're not going to have it. It's just less convenient. And you can take that a step further and you can actually say, and this is my philosophy, is I don't really want sweets or junk food in my house really, period. I don't, I don't want them to be that convenient. Now, that's not saying I won't ever eat them. Right, I was, I was just I was just at a game night at a friend's house yesterday, and they made cookies, and I had a couple cookies. So, I, again, I'm not eliminating that I'm never going to have a cookie. 
I'm just reducing the convenience of it, right? I don't want it to be in my house. So therefore, I'm just not going to be tempted very often. And if I really feel that craving, like I want a cookie, I'll have to, you know, I got to go to the store to get a cookie. I got to go to a friend's house to get a cookie. And more than likely in that moment, I'll be like, eh, that's, uh, that's not worth it. I don't want to have to drive to the store to get a cookie. I'll just have something else. All right, so reducing convenience is my number one tip for those of you who are serious about your nutrition. Don't leave your sweets out on the table. Don't leave your junk food out on the table in plain view. Hide it away a little bit. And if, like I said, if you want to take it even a step further like I do, don't even have it in your house at all. You know, have it at parties. When you go to a friend's house for a party, yeah, have some chips, have some have some some brownies, have some cookies, right? If you're, you know, really craving it, you know, you really want ice cream, you go out for ice cream. Make it a fun thing. Go with your friend. Go go get ice cream, right? Don't necessarily have it in your house. So, again, number one, reducing convenience, okay? My second tip for you, and this worked for me. I don't know if this will work for everyone, but I kind of assume... I kind of have a good feeling that it could work for a lot of people. So what I discovered recently is I have sort of a mental battle that I fight where if I'm really hungry and I'm thinking about food, in that moment, I can't necessarily think and remember every good, healthy, nutritious meal I've ever had. It's somewhere in there. It's somewhere in there. But if I had, you know, 20 different healthy recipes... I can't, I can't really hold 20 different things in my mind at the exact same time, right? Unless you're crazy, crazy. If you can do that, it's awesome. So I used to have this issue where I would sort of in the moment start to go, man, there's just not very many healthy options. Man. And I would believe that. That became a belief where I just did not believe there were healthy options for me. And so then I would choose to partake in things that weren't so great for me. And that was a belief. That's that, that's this is, this is a mental thing. This isn't even a, a an action thing. This is me. So what I discovered, I was like, okay, I know that I can't remember every single good, healthy recipe in my head at the same time. Well, what if I started writing them down in, in a journal? And anytime I was hungry, I would just flip through my journal and remember, oh yeah, I had that delicious meal on Tuesday. That was really good. I could have that again. Or oh man, I forgot about that that snack that I used to have. That's really good. Oh, this has changed my world completely. It has taken that belief of there are not healthy options and literally flipped it on its head to where I actually believe and believe more often there are so many healthy, tasty options of food that I have. And the reason I believe that now is because I once a day, twice a day, take a peek through my journal and see what see what I'm in the mood for, right? And it also provides variety as well. So I'm not just stuck eating the same two, three things every day, right? As I go through, I go, oh yeah, I had that, that like protein pancake that I made last week. That was really good. I can, I can have that today. Or, oh man, I made that, that, that nice, that delicious snack with like, you know, toasted peanut butter and banana or um, toasted cheese and avocado. Oh yeah, I forgot I had that last week. I'm going to have that, you know? So I find as I built this little journal that it gives me variety, and there's always something I'm in the mood for. Maybe like half the recipe book, I'm like, eh. But then there's always something in there I find that I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I do, I could, I could go for that right now because I have enough variety in there. So highly, 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 highly recommend keeping a journal. Every time you have like a good, healthy meal that's, you know, 
quick for you and healthy and tasty and kind of fits, you know, what your goals are nutritionally, write that down in a journal book and look through that journal once a day. And if you're hungry and you can't think of anything at the moment, like, like you're kind of drawing a blank, like, shoot, I don't, I'm hungry. I don't know what to eat. Right. Have your journal there sitting on your desk that you look at every day, pop that journal open, scroll through a couple pages and go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I made that, you know, two weeks ago and it was really good. I'm feeling that today and boom. And now you'll, that belief in your mind will change to where you believe that there are plenty of healthy options, that there's plenty of variety, and there's plenty of things that are tasty that will work. For example, last night, I was kind of, I had that sweet tooth. I'd already had like my meals for the day and I, I kind of was at, I was at where I wanted to be caloric wise, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm having the sweet tooth and I've got choices here, right? I could, I've got plenty of unhealthy options here. Because I, I don't live alone, so I live with other people who have um, unhealthier options available, which I wouldn't necessarily do if it was just my home, specifically. And I, so what I did is I scrolled through my book again, and I remembered that I, this milk, this banana milk, essentially, you can you can blend up a banana with like cinnamon, nutmeg, um, maybe even some berries in there, to make a sort of a smoothie, milk, tasty, sweet treat. And I had forgotten about that. And I, after looking through my journal when I was hungry, I remembered, oh yeah, that banana milk, that's tasty and will hopefully satisfy my, my sweet tooth. So I made it. I made, I blended up a banana with some water, some, dumped some cinnamon in there. And I, you know, sipped on that bad boy while I was watching a TV show late at night. And it, it, whatever sweet craving I had, it met, it met that craving and that craving went away. And I, enjoyed that banana milk and i'm looking forward to having it again soon actually because it was just tasty it was good it was sweet boom problem solved i could have gone a lot worse i could have eaten a lot more junky things but because i believed that there was a healthy option available to me in that moment because of doing the journaling and having that recipe journal boom that totally changed the outcome of what could have been a potential sugar binge on something unhealthier So that is my number two tips. Number one is reducing convenience. Number two is keeping a recipe journal that you look at daily. Make sure that you look at it every day. Just scan through the pages. Remind yourself of all the healthy options that you have. My third tip for you is to include protein at every meal. So I had a big realization recently because I track my calories on MyFitnessPal, not every day, and that's a, a later tip. But I noticed, I was trying to figure out what days was I most susceptible to having a big sugar binge in the evening time. What what did my diet look like those days? I found a correlation over time of tracking where the days I was the hungriest all day long, where I just thought about food all day long, which to me is I'm miserable. When I'm hungry all day long, I'm miserable because I just want to eat anything and everything terrible that exists because I'm, I'm hungry all the time. I don't like that. I like feeling satiated and full and doing activities throughout the day and barely even thinking about food, to be honest. So I noticed that if I didn't include a protein item in each meal, those were the days I was most susceptible to sugar binging, being hungry all day, being miserable because I would, I would track and I would look at the end of the day, what were my percentage of my macros? 
right? How much carbohydrate, how much fat, how much protein. And I noticed those days, my protein would always be at maybe 10%, maybe 15% at most of my overall diet. And I started increasing that. I started going to about 20 to 25% of my diet being protein, being protein, which, you know, maybe I had I had chicken or beef or you know, cheese or beans or peanut butter or anything that would pack a little extra protein, I would use. And I found that those the days where I'm having that protein at every meal are the days where, man, I feel great. I feel full, satiated. Yeah. It, it sort of solved my my sugar binging late at night issue. And protein is very widely known. I know this is just a personal experience and every body is different. Like I did that, everybody, everybody. Huh? So maybe that percentage isn't right for you, but however, protein is proven to be the most satiating macro there is because it just slows the digestion down of anything you consume it with, which is why it's great to... Instead of, you know, there's a lot of people, oh, let's, I'm just going to eliminate carbs, right? That's, I wouldn't recommend that. That's not sustainable. But if you have your carb but also have a protein with it and also add some fats in there too, you're going to have this really – it's going to combine in your stomach as, it's, as, your, as your stomach is breaking it down. And, and even those carbohydrates are going to be slowly released, which is what you want. You don't want – Unless you're about to go for a run or something and you need something quick that's going to break down really fast, then you would want a simple carbohydrate because that would break down really fast. You could use the energy right away. However, most of the time, though, you don't want to spike your insulin like that. You want to keep it pretty level. And so that's why don't avoid carbs. Just pair carbs with a protein and a fat. Right? I love bread. I can't give up bread. I've tried giving up bread. Miserable, 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 miserable. But every time I have bread, I rarely ever have bread alone. I have bread usually with peanut butter and a banana. I have bread with a grilled cheese. I have bread with a sandwich. I've always, including that carb, which I love, with other fibrous carbohydrates like vegetables or a protein and a fat. I try to combine them all. And that is very satiating and allows you to have carbs and not feel like you can't ever have carbs because that's just not realistic. You need carbohydrates. So I would include a protein at every meal, whether that's a meat or a food item, whether that's cheese, beans, meats. I mean, that's typically my diet, cheese, nuts, peanut butter, beans, um, fish, beef, all that stuff. That's, that's kind of where I get my protein from. Usually even some carbs type, you know, bread, sometimes bread has a little extra protein or, you know, whole wheat pasta or whole wheat things have a little extra protein. So I'm, I'm, I'm in there trying to, you know, I'll try to have a protein shake too sometimes. Maybe not every day, but, you know, every couple of days if I if I need one, I have a protein shake, right? We just want to get that percentage up to around 20 25%. So therefore, I'm not just crashing throughout the day, right? So include that protein. So we've got reducing our convenience to foods that we know we don't want to be consuming often. We are keeping that recipe journal, looking at it every day. So that way we're remembering that there are in fact, lots of healthy choices. And number three, we are including a protein in every meal to help feel more satiated and help the release of insulin be a lot more smooth 
and not as drastic in just eating a carbohydrate by itself. I guess that could be a tip on its own. Don't eat carbohydrates by themselves. Eat them, but don't eat them alone. Include include a protein, include a fat, include some fibrous carbohydrates. Eat them together. That's your best bet. All right, number four, number four of the main tip, don't eliminate anything. It's human nature to, when we say never, we can never have that. That item becomes even more desirable because there's something in our human nature that we don't we don't like never. We don't like absolutes like that. We we don't like that. It'll make it actually more enticing and probably make you crave that thing more often. So don't eliminate anything. Right? Don't don't eliminate if you love Pop-Tarts, don't completely eliminate Pop-Tarts from your diet. Have them every once in a while. Moderation is key. Certain things, and it depends on what your goals are. If you're trying to get to, you know, 5% body fat, probably can't really have that really very often at all. Most people aren't looking to get 5% body fat. Most people are just looking to be a little healthier, which means there is still room for a Pop-Tart. There's still room for cookies. There's still room for those things. You just need to be, again, doing those other things I said, so that way you're not craving them all the time. You're not consuming them super often, but don't eliminate anything. I still have cookies sometimes. I still have ice cream sometimes. I still have sweets. I just try to have them not as often is all. Simple as that. Don't eliminate anything. It'll just make you sad and miserable and crave that thing more. Tip number five, I made a little bit of reference to it earlier, is tracking your calories. Now, I think the mistake that people make is trying to track your calories every single day because unless you're crazy you're going to get tired of that real quick because it is very tedious. There's no denying that it is very tedious to try and track your calories every day. However, if you shot for twice a week, maybe even just once a week, honestly, it's it's not something that needs to be done all the time. The way I look at tracking calories is it's sort of a way to recalibrate. So I recently was watching a video by Jeremy Ether, who is a YouTube um, guy who does a lot of physical therapy type videos and, and is a really smart guy. I highly recommend you follow him. He actually did a study one time on, on food and how even nutritionists, so people literally who spend their career, who make their money studying nutrition, advising other people on, the, on nutrition, actually will under-report their calories by a small amount, not a huge amount, by a small amount. Now, the average person will underestimate their calories by a very wide margin, which is why, again, education will reduce that number. So what that tells me about humans is that we, in our minds, we tend to justify. We tend to want to justify our choices. And so just as a natural human tendency, we will under-report or underestimate how many calories we are actually eating. We'll kind of tell ourselves little lies that maybe that thing isn't as many calories as we think it is. And it's just... And we'll find a way to justify that. This is just a human nature. No need to beat yourself up over this. This is just the 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 brokenness of humanity. We have we have issues, and this is one of them. As we so what what tracking your calories once a week, twice a week at most does is it helps to recalibrate you. For example, let's say that you have a banana, and say a banana is around 100 calories. Maybe 
couple weeks from now, you don't remember that it's 100 calories, and maybe you think that it's just 80 calories or 70 calories, or maybe you forget the size of the banana and how many grams that was because you haven't tracked in a while, and you start thinking, oh, that giant banana is now maybe only 60 calories when really it's 120 calories, but you just haven't tracked in a while, and you kind of have slowly forgotten, right? Or let's say that you when you were tracking, you had a tablespoon measure that you tablespoon measured out your peanut butter. And let's say as you stop tracking that that peanut butter scoop got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, but you still considered it the tablespoon, but it had been a while since you had tracked, so you kind of lost sight of what a tablespoon really looks like. This is what I call sort of a calibration issue. You're just not correctly calibrated to what a tablespoon actually is, to what this size of a banana calorie-wise actually has. And so by tracking once a week, you are essentially, again, I'm using this word a lot, calibrating. Oh, that banana is 100 calories, that size. Okay, I remember that. Or, wow, this scoop is the actual scoop of a one tablespoon of peanut butter. My tablespoons were getting quite large. Right, so this is a way to counteract our natural human tendency to kind of over time uh, lie to ourselves a little bit and justify and underestimate, underreport our calories. Once a week, twice a week, track your calories for the day. And that should give you, that should recalibrate you to where now when your days you're not tracking, you're still kind of remember, oh yeah, that's about 100 calories. That's about 50 calories. That's about a tablespoon. So that is tip number five. Don't do it every day. You'll burn yourself out. You'll get worn out. You'll never want to do it again. You'll hate it. Do it once a week. It's reasonable and good for calibration. So those are my top five tips with a couple extra that I threw in there. I'll add those at the end. So number one, again, reducing our convenience. Number two is the recipe journal that you're looking at daily to help change the belief that there aren't healthy options because there are. And you just got to remember them as all, and that will help you remember those. Number three is including a protein at every meal, whether that be beans or meat or cheese. Just find higher protein sources. Don't go too heavy. I will say the only caveat to that is be careful about because a lot of sometimes you'll see snacks that are, you know, high protein, blah, 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 right? But when you look at the actual ingredients, you're like, oh, God, this is like a bunch of crap in there. So it's great that it's a high-protein snack, but it's really got a bunch of garbage of fillers and additives and artificial stuff, right? So that's that's like a whole other realm that you could get into is breaking down. Okay, that's you've picked the higher-protein snack, but now you have to look at what's actually in it, and there are you know not every protein source is, is equal. But anyway, don't think about that. Just for now, worry about including a protein every meal, a clean protein, hopefully. Number four is don't eliminate anything. Don't say never. If you really love it, find a place for it. Well, that's And find how often you can have that, that it's not going to be a, too much of an effect on your energy and your weight and things like that. And just a lot of trial and error. And number five is track your calories once or twice a week to recalibrate yourself on what things actually are calorie-wise. The two other tips I kind of included in there were, of course, the beginning I said, educate yourself, educate, 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 read one nutrition article a day, watch one YouTube nutritional article a day, something to where you're just for a couple minutes consuming something 
that is going to give you information because information is power. Education is power when it comes to overcoming nutrition. Like I said, try to find try to find me someone who's super obese, who's super knowledgeable about nutrition. Guarantee you probably won't find them because knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And the other tip I sort of included that through in there was the have your carbohydrates, but try to always include them in a meal. Try to have them with a protein, fibrous carbohydrates, and a fat. Try to include them as best you can. If you have them stand alone, that's where it'll give you that insulin spike, which will then you know drop you down, and you'll be super hungry, super fast again. That's the only the detriment is basically them having having them by themselves. So those are my five top five nutrition tips, plus a couple of added bonuses in there. Please. If you have someone who's interested in this stuff, send them this podcast so that they can be informed nutritionally more. I, I feel like nutrition is something that schools don't – because think about it. We, everyone has to eat every day, three meals a day, sometimes more or less. But why is nutrition not more of a foundational – I mean we have math, we have science, or, you know, that you – history that are, you know, from – kindergarten on you have your history class math why is nutrition not included in there we all have to eat every single day some of us won't use math really most of our lives uh, my mom's gonna hate me for saying that i'm sorry mom you always use you always use some semblance of math no, no doubt about it but as far as some of those higher levels of math it's like not everyone's meant for those not everyone's even going to use those on a regular basis but guess what everybody eats every day why is that not a foundational class? Why is that not taught alongside history and taught alongside math and science? Is that not more important? You are what you eat, as they say. Our bodies are literally the only things that we have. If your body breaks down, that's it. You don't you don't get another body. And guess guess what happens when people's bodies break down? They're in pain. Guess what happens when people are in pain? People hurt other people from their own pain. So do we want to reduce violence in the world? Do we want to reduce? Then we need to reduce people that are hurting. In order to reduce people that are hurting, we need to reduce how they're getting hurt. And one of the ways people get hurt is food. Overweight leads to a whole host of of problems. We all know that. So let's get nutrition as a class that we're taught from a very young age on how to eat well so we can protect this literally with this one body that we get for this whole life so we can be in less pain. And because we're in less pain, we're going to do a lot better things with the world. We're not going to hurt as many people. Hurting people hurt people. Okay? So... Nutrition, hopefully you see that nutrition is something that is necessary for a happy life. And if you care about yourself, if you care about other people, you will care about your nutrition because if you can't take care of yourself, you're not if, if you're in so much pain that you can't, how are you going to help somebody else? So I'm very big on, you know, people will maybe say it's, it's selfish for you to go work out or something. Like, no, working out consistently is one of the most selfless things I can do because the better, the more healthy I am, 
the more healthier my community of people around me becomes. Not only because maybe they're more motivated, but I mean, let's look at something basic. If I'm really in shape and really healthy, I'm not going to get sick. Be really, really minor symptoms where I won't be as, I'll be far less likely to spread it or even get it. So if you just, if you just looked at that, just took out everything else, all the other benefits. If you just looked at, man, if I was consistently consistent with my nutrition and consistent with, with exercise, shoot, I would save lives as far as people would, I wouldn't be giving it to people or even just something as basic as the flu or other sicknesses, right? If you're around someone who's very sick all the time, you're more likely to get sick, even if you are somewhat healthy, right? So the, the more, the most selfless thing you can do as a human, I think one or one of them, not the most, of course, is taking care of your nutrition, getting educated about it, exercising, because you will bleed into all your friends and your community will benefit from that. They will be healthier. You won't be getting them sick. They won't be getting you sick. And that's just one element of benefit of, of, of that. So hopefully, hopefully you hear, you're hearing this and you're motivated to get your nutrition good to a point where obviously you can still enjoy things, but it's not, and it's not torture and that you can actually enjoy it and you can feel better, live better, be sick less often. I mean, again, knock on wood here, knock on some here. I can't even remember the last time I was sick except for uh, maybe, maybe like a sinus infection. I usually get like one sinus infection a year and that's basically it guys. I, I don't get colds. I don't get, I don't get sick. I don't even remember what that's like. I can't remember the last time I had a sore throat or, or anything. And that's because again, I'm really consistent with my exercise. I'm really consistent with my nutrition. So I love it because now I know I'm not going to be getting other people sick because I'm not going to be sick. And I know I'm going to help other people get healthier, help them make better food choices. And that's, that's something I'm very passionate about, as you can tell. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing a podcast on it. But anyway, that's enough preaching there on nutrition. Again, I hope you found these tips helpful. Hopefully, you implement them. If you liked content like this, please you know, like and subscribe to my podcast because I'm probably going to be doing other podcasts similar to this one and share it with your friends and hopefully I'll, I'll make more in the future. I'm going to make more in the future. Hopefully I'll get more of a following, but all in all, I'm just doing this for fun. All right, guys, thanks for listening to topics with Tim and I will see you on the next pod.